back to another episode of Friends of the Vine Wine Podcast. So, episode 39 with Nicole Muscari, a.k.a. Grape Chic. We uh, finally got together last week, had a conversation. She is a wine blogger. She is a fashion expert in New York City. Got great Instagram content, and uh, we just had a, a great time chatting. Just want to also give a quick little shout out and thanks to all my regular listeners, and especially those who, especially on the East Coast, Virginia, Massachusetts, New York. Uh, a lot of great uh, great listeners out there always send me messages about uh, enjoying the podcast stuff. So thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And if you have any suggestions for wineries out that way, when I do finally get, get out that way to check out some wineries, send me a message. Let me know. Let's, uh, let's get right into this episode with uh, Nicole. I can't believe after all this time, we finally actually figured out a time. I know. This is good. I had like nothing going on tonight, so this is like perfect. Awesome. How long have we been trying to try to actually chat? I wanna say it's been it's Cheers, been months. Cheers. Cheers. What do you got going on? I got Domaine Jamais Syrah twenty sixteen. Youngin'. I also have a Syrah. I have a Northern Rhone Syrah. Really? Yeah. Uh twenty seventeen. Yeah. That's amazing. That's funny. We're on the same page. Yeah, that's cool. That's so funny. Yeah, I uh, I started this yesterday and uh, I still have some left. So um, I just opened it. It's French Friday. That's what I call it. French Friday. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Francis, I, I would say, of all the regions or all the countries, France was always it's always been my number one. I would say. I think so too. I always say that it's. Uh, it goes France, then I probably will say Italy. Yeah. And then Spain. I would say France, and then personally, I would probably go, for me, I would go to, to our our region, like to the Okanagan. Okanagan. Oh, no, I was just about to say, or I would probably choose maybe Finger Lakes over Spain. Right. Uh, as far as consumption, maybe not necessarily, well, pre- I guess preference. I don't know how you put it, but definitely France and then maybe uh, maybe Okanagan. And then I would go, I like Spain, I like Italy for sure. Uh, yeah, I've been on an Australian definitely. kick lately too. That's been my other. Yeah, you know, I need to drink more Australian wines and we get them here. But I yeah. feel like, and I don't know, sometimes they are a little pricey and I end up reaching for something from Spain or, right. or Italy. Yeah. But they're de- they're delicious. Yeah, and that's my thing as is, is well as, is, well, I get hit with, we have so much tax up here. So, I mean, I'm if I'm spending yeah. my wines, I'm spending 30 bucks. I'm spending 28, 28, say, an average price for a bottle. So, what's that? Say maybe 23, 24 for, for an American. But uh, still, it's, you can't have It's a, a lot. Yeah. I mean, I was just up in Calgary and I was like, for work, and I was like, this is expensive up here. I mean, with the conversion, it wasn't like too bad yeah. when, you know, you 
can choose like how you want it with currency to pay. But yeah, definitely you could feel it in wines too, like in the wine bar and stuff. You could feel it. I mean, so you're, so you were, you were hanging in Calgary on your, on your, let's say actual job, your real job. Yes. The one that brings you money. My it's funny. Job. It's funny because I was talking to, um, you know, the Brooke blend. Yeah, Brooke. Brooke, we were we were chatting, and it's Love like, Brooke. she's awesome, and uh, she was talking about Finger Lakes, and she was talking about wanting to get more in Australian wines and stuff. So it was funny. It was like a similar conversation. Yeah, but, totally. But she's got the she's got the the day job. Oh yeah, takes up all the time. And well, and then the Instagram. The Instagram life takes up the people. rest of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just a eeny bitty amount of time for my husband and friends. How did how did that go? He must have been like, "Are you done already?" <laughs> no, he's good. He he makes jokes that he's the Instagram husband. You know, I gotta ask him to help me set up shots or take pictures or. He likes it though. He he doesn't he doesn't mind it. And honestly, like when I take a lot of my stuff, a lot of my shots, I set self timer and stuff. So he's work he works on the weekend. So it's it's a it's a balance. But yeah. he he's he's pretty much a good sport. I said this on one of my last podcasts that I have to confess that every time I see your Instagram handle, for whatever reason, I always say grape chick. Okay, so you are not alone, and it's funny because I find that it's mostly men that yeah. think it's grape chick. It's it's just it's normal. That's it's I like, mean all the time. Like, and I'm bilingual, so yeah. right. So I know <laughs> yeah. chic. I know right. French. I it's know French. how to pronounce right. it. Right. It's not it's not a lack of pronouncing it, but for whatever reason, reason I see that I see it. And just the C on the end of it, I just, for whatever reason, I always say check. I know. It, you're not alone. Trust me. That's funny. I, I usually don't even, I, just, I usually don't even correct it. I'm just like, yeah, cool. Because Grape Chick also works. So I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's if that funny. works for you, that's cool. Funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the reasons why I followed you and one of the reasons why I wanted to chat and, 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 and hang out for a while, you know, finally, right? Is yeah. you got great you got great content, right? And I mean... That's at the end of the day. That's what it comes down to: is that uh, your stuff is great and you you know your shit as well. So, thank you. Working on it, but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's been a journey. Well, let's talk about that journey. Yeah. I mean, you're you're up to the W set threes now. Um, I'm awaiting my result. When did you start actually getting into uh, getting into it? You know what I mean. As far as getting into the educational aspect of it, when I started this this blog it was it was because i had a lot of friends asking me for suggestions and i noticed that on my personal page because obviously i have like a regular personal page every time i would post what i was drinking i would get a ton of engagement from like friends and family so they were like you know you should just start a separate page about like what you're drinking so this way like we know what to buy or like we know what's good or you know whatever and i thought i don't know if i'm going to do that i'm like well what credentials do i have like I have preferences, you know, but I went to Napa, which sparked in 2014, which really sparked my, my love for wine kind of started there. But I was like, you know what, I will do this with the promise to myself that I will start the WSET journey the day that I start my page. So I started Grape Chic two and a half years ago. And as soon as I launched 
launched my blog six months after I, my website that is, six months after my page, I signed up for WSET 1. And I could have probably went right to two, but I was like, you know, if I'm going to do this, let's just start from the beginning do so I don't miss anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I don't want to miss anything. Like it's, it's the wine world is crazy. You know, I didn't want to just start like spewing out BS to be blunt, you know, so is um, useful. It is something that will enrich someone's knowledge of wine and inspire them to try other things. So that's when I started. It was about two years ago. I started with one and then I, I took a little time, went to two, took more time and then I just finished three, which was a lot. It was yeah, a big and, step. Well, then that's when, yeah, that's when it starts to get serious when for time and energy and uh and as as a i don't want to say hobby but as uh something where you're really like you're it's like value for money like how much time are you how much energy you put into something and are you going to get the return on on it from i mean you're going to enrich yourself yeah. though regardless so totally that, that like financial like people some people they look at people who travel like i'm a big traveler and they're like, oh, why do yeah. you travel? It's so much money. And it's like, you're enriching your your soul. Yeah, you totally start connecting to people on another level. I think the more you are exposed to other cultures and other ways of living, your mind expands. And it's just, you know, it's wine is a big part of that, but it also goes beyond that. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, I have a full-time job in fashion. And this is what I love to do outside of that. And I actually met Jancis Robinson the other night and told her that, the WSET journey has not only given me more confidence in wine, but just like in general, walking into a room and speaking, it just feels empowering to pick up a book again and, you know, go back into study mode and, and really feel like you've learned so much. Someone like Janice's would be my, one of my top kind of, if I could sit down with her one day, you know what I mean? And, uh, in, per in person and, uh, have a glass and just, just uh pick her brain you know what i mean yeah she is so cool i mean she it was like a huge event and it was like a mini grand tasting event with all sorts of people and she just kind of sat on the stool and her husband stood behind her and she was just there available to like sign copies of her new book and just answer any questions and it wasn't like she was just super approachable. You know, she wasn't hiding behind a table or anything like that. You just go up to her. And so I was like, oh, God, I don't know if I can do this. And uh, my friend Tom and I, in Bar Chronicles, actually, we were like, we need a few more sips. We need a few more tastings before we go say hi to Jancis because we took the WSET3 together. And uh, what we did, and she was just absolutely lovely. And she yeah. was just very personable and warm and, and just cool and calm. And she was great. She was really, really great. That's the, I mean, and those are the kind of people, male or female, those are the kind of people that you want to meet in the wine world that, especially, you know, as a, as a young woman getting into the wine scene, you can't pick a better role model or better influence, but even, you know, even for, for guys or girls, it's, it's she's, the, she's just got that cool, like you said, yeah. you want to, you want to, uh, just, just like you said, just sit and just listen to her and eat it all up. Right. I mean, like you said, if. I could just actually sit down and have a full glass with her and just like ask questions and get advice like that would be that would just be so cool to pick her brain I mean there's so much going on up there I mean let's be honest she's like the wine queen
it's funny the certain regions that I really like in France, like even like uh, for rosés, I like uh, obviously like Provence and stuff. But then like um, like the Pays Doc kind of area, there's some really nice yeah Languedoc Languedoc and there. stuff. Yeah, there's some really nice uh, rosés and stuff. And um, it's funny how you find regions that you just kind of connect with. It's true. It's it's um, and I actually just came back from Provence. Yeah, and I, I mean, they obviously have some of the world's best rosé. And I think, um, and I'm sure it is in Canada, it's, it's quite marked up here in the United States. When you actually are in Provence, it's um, it's not so, it's not so yeah. high, it's not so bad. It's very approachable there. Yeah. It's like also just a way of life. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's not anything like it is here. Yeah. We, you know, we tend to market things and we see something do well, we, we go, whoosh. Yeah, well, and that's uh, my uh, wife's cousin lives in in Axon Provence. So when we went, we went there for a few weeks. And, oh wow! Yeah, you're having it at lunchtime, and and uh, you're having a couple glasses with you know some cheese and stuff. And like I said, it's three euros, and it's just it's, it's so good. It's so it really is so good. Provence, and Provence rosés are. And there's so much range too. I think that we don't maybe necessarily always get exposed to the range of of terroir and in the different sub regions into Provence. You know, like there's a Saint Victoire, which is like the more mineral. You know, it's mountainous there, the the famous Saint Victoire mountain. And then there's also volcanic soils, and so there's just rosé that comes in all shapes and forms from Provence. Yeah. It's not you know just one bucket category and that's and that's one thing about certain other regions like i know like you said like terroir like you're you're stuck with sometimes what you have in like the new world i like the little dry i like a little drier and same and then like there's some really fruit forward kind of uh especially like some of the okanagan rosés are a little fruit forward and i was just thinking about you were you were talking about about marketing like right now, like you said, there's definitely this marketing push with rosés. Uh, yeah, this lifestyle kind of, you know. Yeah. It's definitely a lifestyle push, that's for sure. Well, and I was thinking like Prosecco, the push with Prosecco. Not even a push. I talked to a guy who, he's in the UK and they do like wine, like wine portfolios. So like wine as an investment. And mm-hmm. uh, it just we just got in this conversation about like social media and marketing and like Prosecco and this like this there's this real passive there's no real Prosecco marketing right it's just become this thing through social media and through yeah. like even a few songs like few songs and like back in the day with champagne and that and you know like you'll get different songs that you know people are talking about Prosecco and all but it's, yeah. all, it's all passive right like it's, it's none of it's just specifically direct marketing direct yeah. marketing and now like they and the price point as well and he had a really great quote where basically it's this whole yolo kind of you know tuesday night let's let's party yeah stuff, right and this whole kind of thing where everything's got to be you know this big event right that goes cashed in on that somehow where now it's like people are having prosecco on a tuesday night and yeah it's just like you said it's just yeah they're just taken off. And yeah. I, and I think too, like, since you've been to Hex and Provence, like, you know, you know, they, they advertise, especially here in the States, like Rosé is this Hamptons lifestyle. They have the Hamptons water and, and all that stuff. And, and it is, it's a huge lifestyle here in New York city. 
when you go to Provence, yes, it is like that in Saint-Tropez and Nice, but when you go to actual the region of Provence, Nex and Provence and yeah. and all within there, it's it's just a way of life. It's yeah. it's not a lifestyle. Yeah. It's it's just generations of drinking rosé as, as part of the culture. Um, so yeah. it's it's funny how that how that always happens. <laughs> and even in Italy, I would say, I would say it's just like you said, it's just people working and living in the town and drinking rosé for lunch and and having their meal and and it's just it's not like this. They're definitely not taking selfies with rosé bottles and, and no, <laughs> no, definitely not in big hats. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, no, uh, no shame to that. Um, you know, I've never actually been to the Hamptons, but I'm more of a Finger Lakes gal. I'd rather yeah. drive. I'd rather drive four and a half hours west than an hour and a half east. <laughs> so, that's but that's just me, and I also grew up up there too, so yeah. I'm a little bit biased. I, uh, I've yet to be in that region. Chill. I've yet to be in that region. And uh, that's more when I, like, I grew up on the East Coast as well back in the day. But that's when I've been recently. It hasn't, I haven't had the time to kind of do, even like Niagara, right? Like, like to mm. do Niagara and the do in Virginia. For whatever reason, right. I've got all these listeners in Virginia and New York and like Connecticut and, and like Massachusetts and all these areas. I haven't done any of the wine, unfortunately, and um, and I should hit up a couple of the wineries next time I'm out that way. You should, and honestly, I probably shouldn't even be saying this, but I have yet to try a wine from Virginia, and I live right here in New York. Yeah. So, that is my homework for this weekend. That would be an interesting one to see whether our government liquor stores, which are the main kind of main one for hit, getting stuff from everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see if there is anything other than like California and, and Washington and stuff like that. I would. Yeah. My homework. I'd be curious too. Yeah. Yeah, for homework. sure. I'll see if there's anything, that, anything in my stores. I mean, I'm spoiled here in New York. I mean, I feel like we're like the hub of everything. I could probably find wine from Okanagan. I mm-hmm. guarantee you somewhere in some shop. I haven't tried wine from Okanagan either. Especially from the specialty, more or not not specialty, but whatever, like independent. Let's say, yeah, for sure. I mean, we have you know Chamber Street, we have Aster Wines, we have all these like super cool Verve wine, which is owned by Dustin Wilson. Yeah. Um, some really cool, cool wine shops that just bringing in unique stuff. We're actually chatting in the next few weeks. Where we had mentioned about getting together in October. So, oh, awesome. Yeah, Dustin and I. Uh, he's on the list. He's on the... I'm working my way through the Psalm. The yeah. So... He's such a nice, personable guy. And yeah. honestly, he's always there. Like, anytime I've had any questions, you know, he's definitely always there to to help out. He's, he's fantastic. He really is. He, yeah, and, and I mean, like, Brian... Brian was the first for me that I connected with and I decided I was thinking about podcasts and I was thinking about kind of this idea and I said you know what uh it kind of gives me an excuse to talk to guys like Brian and mm-hmm. and then I said well why don't I record them and you know for not for prosperity but we'll record just record them and have these conversations right when I kind of got into the idea of podcasting was here's an excuse to talk to someone like Brian basically and and uh so yeah, so much fun. Super and cool. Then, yeah, super cool. And then Dustin was another 
Dustin was one I need to talk to, and it, it, like he's got so many things on the go, so it's like I can wait. Oh, okay, October. Yeah, he's got a lot. Yeah, three months from now. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, okay. I know, I know. Yeah, he's got a lot going on. Yeah, but uh, but I'm always looking like yeah, I'm, all, I'm I'm trying to bang bang him out like every couple weeks, so I'm I'm like yeah, I'll just pencil you in for my October schedule. <laughs> yeah. Well, you- You've, you've talked to a lot of like really unique and awesome people. You've had a few Master of Wines too, huh? On yeah. Speaking of, yeah, speaking of, uh, yeah, speaking, of um, speaking of, yeah, well, and then that's the thing, like I try, I'm trying to get a variety, uh, not just winemakers or not just wine writers or whatever, but to have a mm-hmm. kind of variety. And that's why, like, for example, like yourself and Brooke and because social media is such an influence on, to me, it's, it's, it's part and parcel with, uh, with wine in in you know in 2019 right so that's why if i connect with the person regardless Mm -hmm. of regardless of where their status is in the wine world be it a wine critic wine writer wine maker whatever the case may be if i connect with them at the end of the day I, i want it to mean something to me as well as as the person on the other end totally i'd rather than just asking a question and getting an answer and and you know right it's no fun that I'd rather this kind of conversation like like that. Just like yeah, back and forth like an actual dialogue. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, like, like an actual dialogue. <laughs> like an actual conversation. Yeah. Not just a question and answer. Yeah, exactly. But Genesis would be up there for sure. So. Yeah, that would be. That's your. Uh, you got to write that down on the on the whiteboard. You know, yeah, you got to put the, that up. The, I mean, they the say goal. that. Yeah. On the goal board. <laughs> yeah. Goal board. Manifest. Yeah. Your dreams. Yeah. Exactly. On the whiteboard. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't have a whiteboard, but I do say things out loud, and I and I've and I've always done that. Like even before I got into wine, even to get the job that I have now, I remember it was like two jobs, two positions ago, two companies ago. I knew I wanted to work for this company, and I would say it out loud every day at my current job <laughs> to the other to my coworkers. I was like, one day I'm going to work at Isaia, and I would just keep saying it, and they're like, "Yes, you are," and then. Then there I was. It only took, you know, maybe two years, not even. So when I first moved to the city in 2013, I was working for the famous Montclair jacket I was selling. And then when I was on the retail floor, I, it was it was good. It was fun. You meet some really interesting people. But I knew that I had more offer the space. So I wanted to be in the corporate, to be managing something. I ended up taking another position at um, Barney's New York on Madison Avenue. And it was in the store still, but it was more of an administrative role. And it, and I jumped from, you know, Montclair to more men's tailor, men's fashion, men's luxury. So I was helping out there. And that's that's where I decided, you know, I found a couple of brands that I was like really believed in, mm. Isaiah being one of them. And then lo and behold, I end up at Isaiah. So Basically, what I do is I work in the corporate office. Isaia is a men's luxury tailored clothing company based out of Napoli. The factory is in Castelnuovo, which is 40 minutes outside of uh, Naples. So everything is handmade. Everything, like the fabrics, is just everything is absolutely gorgeous. Everything is absolutely luxury. So what I do is we offer a made-to-measure program, which is basically more or less a custom suiting. So if you were to go into... For example, this is a great example, Holtz Renfrew, mm. and you find our brand hanging up, and you decide, I want to make a suit. I have a wedding. 
it's my wedding and I want to make, I'm going to pick the fabric and I'm going to customize it. Basically, you as the client pick out all of your accoutrements and then that order comes to me in the corporate office. And basically, I manage that entire program for all, I don't know, 80 something doors that we're in. So North America. Mm-hmm. And then I go back and forth with Italy and the tailors and then I basically manage it back to the customer. So it's my baby. The made to measure program is my baby. So yeah. And my husband is in women's fashion. He works at Bergdorf Goodman on the sales floor. So I'm in men's, he's in women's and it works out really great for both of us. That's cool. Yeah, we both, uh, yeah. Well, and I mean, and even from your social media side, it shows obviously in how you present yourself and how you present everything on the Instagram side because your fashion obviously is is always on point, right? So Well, thank you. Slight tangent, but have you ever heard of the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride? I have not. Speaking about fashion, it's a, it's a, it's kind of ties in with the Movember movement. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know about that. And they just did a ride. I was actually, I did mine in in Vancouver where it's guys with the kind of, they call it like the madman kind of dapper look. Mm -hmm. Um, And everyone gets dressed up and it's all kind of like, I I have a, a Triumph Street Twin. So it's all like cafe racers and like custom kind of custom bikes and that's awesome. Everyone gets all dressed up and you're yeah. wearing like it's all kind of like you're looking like Mad Men. Yeah. Style. You know, everyone's got their leather, they got the goggles and and uh so they do rides throughout um like they did it in New York, they did it in Rome and you'll have like hundreds and hundreds of bikes and everyone's all dressed up, riding real slow, just looking you know, looking fine, right? I feel like I have heard of this. I, I must have heard of this. I'll, I think... I'll send you. I'll send you. Yeah, you you gotta send me of, that uh, of the people in Rome and stuff, because and everyone's like like yeah, dressed up, bow so ties, cool. suits, like suits, like we're just riding around and riding around in suits. Yeah, like slow. like no big deal, just in like yeah, no big deal. Suits. It's just yeah. three hundred <laughs> of us just taking over the street, yeah. right? Right. So that's but awesome. then obviously a good a good cause with the for prostate cancer and uh, totally. Um, and that, like I said, ties in with the Movember movement. So somebody saw, the guys who started it saw, um, what's his name, Don Draper on a bike in a suit. And they said, we need to kind of ride like that. So they call it ride, riding dapper. Is what they yeah, call. that's awesome. So, yeah. That's the perfect way to say it. Yeah. yeah. And so guys will have like the, the, like the leather gloves, like the real nice, like everything's all, I was just thinking about your custom, you're talking about custom fit. Yeah. Stuff. Everyone's got yep. like the nice gloves and, and, uh. Everyone's driving like cafe racers and stuff, right? So super cool. That is really, really awesome. We do um, not like this kind of picking off, piggybacking off of that, but totally different. Um, we see a lot of clients for um, Kentucky Derby, like wanting to make really crazy baller custom jackets, just like bright plaids, pinks, baby blues. Yeah. Like yeah. it's really fun. It's yeah. really, really fun to see what people pick. I find, and that's it's funny you talking about fashion because – like we live, I don't know if you know, we lived in the Middle East for like five years. Oh, wow. So we were in, we were in Abu Dhabi and we would go to Dubai and go to the, uh, speaking about the horse races, we would go to the Dubai World Cup and everyone's dressed up. Like I've got some photos of like, I've, I've got the bow tie and the, everyone's all dressed up and those are just crazy as well. Cause yeah, I was going to say that that's on another level. I feel yeah. like probably yeah. <laughs> Abu it, Dhabi. Yeah. yeah. It's like. J-Lo, I would love to see that. J-Lo performed just 
as casually like, during the right. cat, like, just the opening <laughs> thing she was performing. So, but um, I find with especially with the British when they're dressing up. So there's a big tie in Dubai with a lot of the British expats and stuff, and speaking about pinks and blues and everyone wearing mm -hmm. like if, like when you go to a wedding or something everyone's really dressed really colorfully and and i find sometimes with north america that they they want to stick with the standard it's getting better i would i mean you're obviously the yeah you know this more than i do but um, it's getting better i think yeah. you know you're always going to have the navies and the grays i mean right. that's safe especially yeah. if you're in like finance or you're in law but you find nowadays now with like tech companies and like, you know, men, professional men are now going to work in denim and maybe mm -hmm. a sport coat. Like some of them aren't even wearing a sport coat, but the yeah. ones that have to wear one, one will wear it with denim and sneakers. So it's like, they'll get something more colorful, more fun. So we like seeing that. My brand is all about color and yeah. pattern. So we um, appreciate it. The, with the ride, a lot of guys wearing like tweed, like tweed coats and stuff, right? Yeah. Tweed's always like Donegal kind of, and Tweed. And yeah, classic kind of. Uh, classic. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the other thing is I don't know if you know, but I'm a sheriff as well. No, uh, I didn't know. Okay, so I work in I work in the courts. So same idea where everyone's like, I mean, unfortunately, I'm stuck in a uniform all day. But you know, all the lawyers are always, especially a lot of the women. Some some of the men as well are really tailoring, like suits and stuff, and so they're really really defining themselves through how they're looking some totally. guys obviously are like you said are wearing the basic the basic you know basic blues and grays and stuff grays. But, uh, mm -hmm. but a lot of the women uh a lot of the women are coming you know looking uh they're always changing you know changing it up a lot of the men as oh well. totally yeah really. and we started doing um my company started doing we've always kind of done it but um made to measure for women for like suiting so, um, it's just so, I mean, it's just so awesome. Like the suits that I have are just ridiculous. And, uh, you see that more and more and you find these powerful women and they find out that like, even though we don't sell it off the rack, when they find out, well, we can make it for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that just, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. They get really, really excited and it just opens a whole bunch of new doors. When you have that feeling, when you're wearing something that's just made to measure and sharp like that. Your feet, you just feel that much better, right? Totally. And that was kind of like when I first started Grape Chic. I wrote in my in my bio, I'm here to help you dress confidently and order wine confidently. So I feel like those two go hand in hand. I mean, it's true. It's you, When you're wearing a suit that's totally tailored to your body with a fabric that you picked out with everything that you decided – the peak lapels, the the flat pockets or the patch pockets, the tailored pant with the with the five centimeter cuff and a pair of heels. I mean, you're killing it. Do you know who Christy Norman is? Yes, Christy Norman Som. Yeah, so she's so she's she, awesome. She's awesome, and I I chatted with her a couple times now. Actually, she's so she's so funny. She's so much. I've angry. never chatted with her, but I love. Love following her. Yeah, she's fantastic. She is. She is uh, the same person, like through and through. You know what I mean? Like, like mm -hmm. our conversations. There's nothing, yeah. nothing disingenuous about her. And totally. Uh, she she basically said that there was some some kind of research where they said if you the more you see someone like the more you see someone the more the more that personal connection that you get with them the more you see their face and the more 
personal connection. So, so she's had so many people reach out to her because all her videos are with her as opposed to like, just, I don't know, just posing a bottle or whatever. You're not right. that same connection, but if you have someone posing that bottle with them, you instantly get that connection, that human kind of, and the more you see that person, the more you connect with that. Yeah, that's a hundred. I agree with that a hundred percent. When I started my page, like I, I only did, you know, I wasn't in any of the shots. My coworker was like, you should really like pop in. Cause I feel like people want to know who you are. Like posting these cool bottles, like the, let's see who's drinking them. Yeah, exactly. so like, yeah. yeah, It's a huge personal touch. Yeah. There's, she had kind of like a, if you do so many hours after so many hours, people kind of start to recognize that it's you and, and really get that connection. One of my other friends always laugh because all my videos, I'm always like, like right up in the camera like this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she says, but that's you, that's your style. Yeah. Yeah. It's that connection. And that, then that people start, like you said, people start following and, and engaging and enjoying your content. And, uh, when you're showing frustration or whatever, then they message you and let you know, Hey, we're loving your stuff. Right. Yeah, totally. It's, it's like you watch somebody in these videos and you see their posts and like, you feel like that's my friend. Like I, but it's true though, because the amount of friends that I've made on this platform, if anything, like my likes and whatever can go to hell for all I care the amount of people that I've met, even in real life, I mean, that's just irreplaceable. It's, I mean, tomorrow I'm going over to like one of my new best friends, like within last year, Wine Bar Chronicles, going to his apartment with my husband and we're going to do Sunday sauce and we're going to open like a bunch of Brunello and Barolo and just like hang out. Well, I call it Sunday sauce. It's Saturday, but you know, Italians, we just call it Sunday sauce. <laughs> Italian Americans. I love how you have names for everything. French Friday and Sunday sauce. French Friday, Sunday sauce. Yeah, it's a, it's a big thing here in my house. Um, but yeah, he's he's one of my best friends. And Does any that, of it make it in the actual tomato sauce or? or uh... Yeah, sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. It's a little splash here and there. A little splash here and there, um, yeah. But yeah, the friend that I've made for sure. And some of them that I haven't met in person, we still talk like every single day. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. really cool. And that's even like, so Katie, uh, Katie's wine life. She is mm. a, uh, she's one who I, I searched out with her a couple of years ago and when she was living in South Africa and then now she's in the Okanagan and she's like a three hour drive away or whatever. And so I, we finally hung out in the summer, I guess it was. And we've mm -hmm. hung out a bunch of times since then. And yeah, she's, she's awesome. Like, so we, we chat a lot of the times, but at the time yeah. she was on the other side of the world. And right. But Just now crazy. conveniently, she, followed her, yeah. yeah, and now she happens followed to be, her journey. Uh, yeah, ex absolutely followed her journey. And uh, now she's close enough that we were able to hang out uh, from time to time. So I think I saw a picture of you two for sure. You posted. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So much fun. She's another fun. And like, you probably get this too. Like when you go to work, like you have work friends and you have like friends outside of work, but there's something about wine friends too, right? I mean, it's just like they get you on like another level yeah. where like I could be drinking this Syrah and be like, Oh my gosh, this, like this hint of like this meat, it's like giving me life right now. And, and my regular friends would be like, D are you okay? Like yeah. <laughs> you sound crazy right yeah. now. I didn't mean meat. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> well, I, have, I, don't know. I have a Italian friend that 
he doesn't work with me anymore, but uh, we would. He's a big wine guy. He's actually a Italian wine scholar. Um, oh, so cool. Yeah, and we would talk, and uh, I always laugh because we'd be we'd be at work, and I'd be like, you know, I could have recorded this, and this would have been a podcast. Yeah. And he's like, "What?" I'm like, "We've just been debating. <laughs> we've just been debating natural wine for the last twenty minutes. I could literally this. Like- boom podcast." And he's like, "No, no, I need like a I need like a glass in me before we talk or whatever." And I'm like, "We could. This could have been one. We could have." Yeah, like you always, already did talk. Yeah. Yeah, we just always were always shooting the shooting the shit about wine or whatever, and. Like you said, he get, he gets me, and we we um, there's a really good event in Vancouver. It's called Top Drop, mm-hmm. and it's for a lot of small boutique kind of. Uh, it's like a small wine festival, but it's real like real small boutique kind of wineries, and we would go together and uh, and then discuss it for like the next month after that, right? And uh, so yeah. yeah, which you would never do with just like any other friend that doesn't no. know about wine, because they'd no. be like, "Shut up!" Yeah. <laughs> The wine community is so small too. It's it, like you said, like like Dustin and all these MS guys who, or there's MWs that you're just like, yeah, you can just fire them a message and. Yeah, know. it's the craziest thing. I know. It's awesome. I mean, I love it because I don't know when wine can be a really intimidating place and an intimidating space to be in, and so you know you're always going to have a few people that want to call you out on this and that or or be holier than thou in wine but at the end of the day these people that are in wine working in the industry that are at these levels are just so nice I don't think that I've I've met somebody at Dustin's level I've met you know Laura Manick from Cork Buzz she owns Cork Buzz Wine in in New York Uh, she's fantastic as well all of these people are super helpful so approachable, always there to answer questions. And uh, it's really nice when you can feel so welcome in this mm-hmm. space that's so intimidating. So what it's, it's really great. What other is there, you know? What other, what other world of, you know, like if you, like business or sports or, or whatever, like what other world is there where people are this accommodating or hoping everyone succeeds and, you know? Yeah, that's a no world I've ever been in until now. That's for sure. I used to be a professional dancer actually before I moved to the city. For um, you know, I studied dance my whole life. I had my BFA in dance, and I will tell you that world is very competitive, and everyone's fighting for your job and your role. And you know, you you get into fashion here in New York. It's very competitive. It can be a little cutthroat and a little catty. And so finding this space in wine is, is you feel like you're just part of this big wine family with people from all over the world too. It's not just like here in New York, it's, it's, it's everywhere. Some of these wine festivals where you're meeting like this one, the top drop that you'll have, yeah, you'll have wineries from all over the world and stuff. And you're just sitting chatting with the winemaker and, mm-hmm. you know, or I mean, we've like, like you've done and I've done where you go on, on road trips and. You know, you go through France, you go through Italy, whatever, and you're just hanging out, hanging out with the wine, the winemaker, and isn't it so cool? <laughs> even like just hanging out with like the winemakers, or even just or meeting Insta- Instagrammers from other countries. Like I went to Paris and I met Diane of Dalkia Loves Wine, and I met Sophie Smollier, uh, Sophie, and it was just so awesome just to be in Paris at a macaroon and wine pairing that they set up in my honor of being in town. Oh, so cool. I mean, come on. <laughs> it was 
like, is this real life? It was just unbelievable. That's awesome. And I was like, this, I feel at home in wine and I'm not going anywhere. That's for sure. What's your go-to? You, you like know, Brunello? I love Brunello and, Br and Barolo. I yeah. really do. And I love, here's the thing. I love Sangiovese. And I yeah. think that sometimes it gets a bad rap, to be honest. Like, mm. not Brunello, but when you have just a Sangiovese that's yeah. not labeled or uh, some of the Chiantis yeah. that are mass produced and yeah. so sometimes it gets such a bad rap but i've just had when you have just a gorgeous sangiovese yeah. i'm just like those sour cherries yeah. and plums and just spices baking spices i mean they're they're just so so good in the acidity and i had like one of the best barolos of my life a few months ago at morel wine bar sorry at the at the shop they did like a tasting mm. and um it's super young it's like not even ready to drink, but I just know that this wine, like it was just one of those wines. You just know it's going to lay down and then it's going to change the world. It's so it's, um, it was a 2013 Domenico Clerico Payana and it just sang. I yeah. mean, the, the wine just sang. And I remember I was sitting next to Shakira of Black Girls Dine too. We did this event together and we just looked at each other and we were like, no way. Yeah. Like, just like, no way that this is, this is happening. That we're here drinking this wine. Apparently Domenico had passed away. Um, I don't know if it was just the year before it was, it was some, it was somewhat recent. So he had his protege is the winemaker now. Mm. Um, so it was just special to hear his protege speak about him and his legacy. And the whole tasting was just very powerful. So I think that always kind of plays into the wine a little bit that you're tasting, but I actually have it like, so, so I keep like looking over here. I have it on the counter. Oh, that's funny. Because um, I I wanted to bring it up and I didn't want to forget just because it's so special. Like I don't. Yeah. It's just delicious. If anyone can find it, I mean you can find it. So should. Yeah, we uh, my my favorite Sangiovese story was uh, I don't know, I've told it before on the podcast where uh, we went to a tasting and we belong like we belong to this wine club um, and so we can get wines from everywhere and they you don't normally get a chance to taste a lot ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, like you're kind of relying on the reviews and stuff that they, they have an MW pull out all the wines and kind of have a, like a catalog and you know, they'll have descriptions and whatnot and all that. And, and, but so sometimes they'll have stuff ahead of time. And so we went to one of these ones and we were tasting a few of them and they pulled out this Sangiovese. It was a 2006, um, and it was about 15% uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and mm. like 80, 85% Sangiovese. And yeah. it was amazing. And we're like, oh, we need, so we need to grab a couple. And this is when we were just filling up our wine cellar. And they said, right. we have like six left. And we're like, okay, well, let's, let's just grab them all. And my in-laws were there. And we're like, do you want any? And they're like, no, that's fine. You guys, you guys grab them. We'll probably, you know, we'll, we'll share them with them anyway, right? Right, right. Well, we get, we don't realize because we just, we just, they just added to our account. We didn't get, realize that we got home, they're like $60 a pop. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> yeah. And we're like, oh, yeah, we'll, take, we'll just take all six. No big deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. Just load them up. Just load them up. Not, not even thinking about the price at the time because they were so amazing that we're just it's like, so good. Well, you oh, get yeah. so excited and you're like, I gotta have this. Yeah. 
it was like, okay, yeah, no, no worries. Just spent $400 on wine. No big whoop, you know? Yeah. I think that Barolo was like $98 and I didn't even like second guess it. Yeah. I was just like buying this. It was like a yeah. Tuesday night. <laughs> but. I need American. It, when I. 300 Canadian. Yeah. Right. Seriously. I, I just, when I find a wine and I'm that excited, it's, I don't want to say the price doesn't matter because it definitely does. Like I have budget, but yeah. $98, I was like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. That was like a uh, a Christmas I wanted to bring a um, – I usually obviously I'll do a lot of whites with turkey, but if, if I, I'll do pinot sometimes. Mm-hmm. And And um, there was a, like a Givre Chamartin, and it was like $87 mm-hmm. or something like that. But my, my in-laws are big wine, big wine fans and wine connoisseurs, and so we're always pulling out the nice the nice stuff. When they come over, yeah, yeah, or or when we're at their house, they'll pull out the they'll pull out the nice stuff and. Uh, oh, that's even better. Yeah. Let them pull it out, yeah. and then you. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I always we always joke because I'll, because uh, I'll we'll go over the, for dinner and and my wife will say, I'll say, oh, should I bring something? And they're like, well, no, they got they got lots. Yeah, and they got it. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. They got <laughs> Whatever it. we bring is not going to be as good as what they have. So yeah. you decide. They. Uh, <laughs> They always have something amazing. Yeah. So um, gotta love that. Yeah, they were the ones that were a huge influence for me for getting into wine. Oh, but, I was actually uh, gonna ask yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, great. How did? What, was there? Was there one for you? Like, was there an epiphany? Epiphany one for you? You know, I I don't want to say there was an epiphany wine that got me into wine. There was an epiphany wine that made me realize the depth of. Mm of wine and, and how insane the world is and, and never ending. And that was, um, when was it? It was shortly after I started Grape Chic and um, my husband has this fabulous client who is a collector here in New York City. And she threw a vintage party for her birthday and it was her birth year, um, 1973. And so in order to get into the party, you had to bring a 1973 vintage. Well, she realized that maybe not everyone she invited could bring a 1973 vintage. So she had like a separate list for like people like us. Um, so I was in there just sitting with like all the, the top collectors in New York, which is just like a whole other experience, um, and drinking these in, insane wines when Alessia Antonori herself walks up to me and asks if I would like a tasting of her 1973 Antonori Chianti Classico. (laughs) And I was just like, what? (laughs) Like my voice like literally shook like that. And she just gave me this like really sweet smile and she just poured me this beautiful garnet colored wine and it was just everything dried fruits and mushrooms and earth and Oh man, just thinking back on it now, that that in that moment I had never had a wine of that vintage, that old and, and of that depth and I was just like, okay, this wine thing goes a lot deeper than what I could ever imagine could be. I mean, now I, I at that moment I understood why. I just understood the why. And to have this insane icon pouring me this wine just like was like just another layer to it. So that was my moment where I was like, I'm here. This is, I'm getting into it. I'm getting deep. And that's that. I think we're going to leave it there for now.
Thanks for listening. For more wine conversation and podcast updates, you can follow us on Instagram at Ian's Wine Truths. Check out our website for great photos of our guests, friendsofthevine.podbean.com. Take care. Have a glass for me. <laughs>